Thanks for joining Parenting Chats with Laura. I'm mum of three, teacher and parenting coach, helping you to navigate the messy and the magical on your parenting journey. We know the baby, toddler and preschool years set the trajectory for your child's life. I'm going all in and not holding back and bringing you inspiration and strategies to help you to be the parent you want to be. Are you ready? Let's dive in. I vividly remember sitting in my Form 3 music class, which would be the equivalent now of Year 9, and I was sitting there and I met my teacher for the first time. Now, I think she must have been German or um, some kind of foreign person I can't actually remember which European country she came from but she had such a long last name that we used to call her Mrs B because her name was so difficult to pronounce and I remember the first thing that she talked to us about in our music class was the difference between listening and hearing and she told us a story and she talked about how there was a mum and she was getting dinner ready in the kitchen and her child was playing outside in the garden and she could see them from the window And when dinner was ready, she called her child and said, come on, dinner's ready. Come and um, wash your hands and get ready because dinner's um, about to be on the table. And her child kept playing and went under the bushes and played in the backyard and was having a great time. And she talked about the fact that that child was actually hearing what her parent was saying but they weren't really listening. So it was like in the background, they could hear this, wah, 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 you know, (laughs) the the mother giving this instruction to their child. But the child wasn't really listening. They were just more hearing it in the background. And then the mother got louder and said, hurry up and come to dinner. And still this child kept playing because they were hearing rather than listening. And then as the mother came closer, Uh, and she grabbed the child by the hand and said, I've been telling you over and over, it's dinner time. Come on now. And she was really, really furious that for the first time, the child actually listened and went and did what their parent was asking them to do. And that has always stuck with me, that story about the difference between hearing and listening. See, the thing is, is that you can hear something in the background, but until you actually process it in your brain and actually follow whatever or participate in a conversation, then really you need to flip over from that hearing mode to that active listening mode. And I think what happens a lot with our little people is that we are in the lounge with them or in the house somewhere, we've got our favorite music playing in the background, or maybe they've got the TV on and they're playing with their toys and we've got you know, the Nutribullet on because we're making them a smoothie or, you know, we've got the fry pan on because we're making dinner and, you know, someone's just got home. So the door slams, all this stuff of constant noise over and over again. And also our kids in early childhood centers with the stimulation of all the noise happening there is that a lot of the kids will actually start to switch off. And instead of really listening, they're just hearing this periphery of noise and they kind of tune it out and they get into their zone. I know I do that a lot. And my husband will look at me like, did you hear what I just said? And I was like, no, because literally I would have been tuning out and thinking about something in my mind. And I think our kids do that too. So it's no wonder that we get really frustrated that we have toddlers that just do not listen. We ask them to do something and they do not listen and they just keep playing or they just keep going about whatever they're doing. And today I want to share with you some really great ideas to start implementing at home that you can start practicing. The first thing is, is model active listening to your child. So that would look like when they come and talk to you and you're on your phone and you're texting a friend, is actually putting down your phone 
giving your child eye contact and actually engaging with them and having that conversation before you then pick up your phone to finish the text message or, you know, have your phone for when they're asleep and finish the text message then. But I think when we're always occupied with something else, we're not modeling that active listening. And active listening for most children is something that they're going to learn by practicing themselves and by watching other people do. So if we want our toddlers to actually complete some kind of task or follow some kind of instruction, we actually need to have their full attention to do that. And they need to learn that they need to stop what they're doing, give you eye contact and really listen in to what it is that you're saying, which I know is easier said than done. I think the other thing that is really helpful if we want our kids to follow instructions is to actually get them to not be bombarded with too many instructions at a time. Because remember, they're developing their listening comprehension. They're developing their ability to hear what it is that you want them to do, process that in their mind, and then actually be able to follow that instruction. And if we give them five instructions on the run while we're also trying to get ready for getting out the door to daycare in the morning, that can be super stressful for them because they don't really know exactly what the last instruction was because they're still processing the first instruction. So it might look like, go and find your shoes and bring them to me. That's two instructions. And we get frustrated when our kids are still playing and they're dawdling about and they haven't got their shoes and, oh, we're trying to get their socks on and all the things. We really, we're giving them too many instructions at a time. So try and reduce the amount of instructions that you're giving and keep it really super simple and short so that they can quickly process it and go and do whatever it is that you're asking them to do. Another way to develop their listening is to sing to them to get attention so that they're singing back to you. And I know that I do this in my classroom a lot um, with my junior kids is that I'll um, sing a song like, are you listening? And then they'll say, yes, I am. And it actually, when you sing to them, it kind of cuts through all the noise of the busyness because that singing is something that stands out in their mind and it helps to get their attention, particularly if you get them to do something back to you that can help for them to recognize that they need to tune into whatever it is you're about to say. I love having car chats with my kids and I will often turn the music off, make sure they don't have a screen or that I'm listening to a podcast because I think car chats are great because you're side by side or they're behind you in the car and you can actually be um, encouraging their listening skills and having conversations with them while they're in the car. So, you know, playing games with them while they're in the car, or even if it's just five minutes down to the dairy down the road, those are all great opportunities for you to develop your child's listening skills and ask them about how their day is and kind of model conversations. And even if they're saying, oh, look, I can see the truck on the side of the road, then you can build on that conversation by going, oh, yes, I can see that it's a red truck. I wonder if it's there because they're going to um, do some building. Look, it's got some wooden frames on the back. Can you see the wooden frames? Looks like they're going to put the roof on the house, you know, that type of thing. So you actually build the conversation and model listening without having a podcast where you're like, what, huh, what? Yeah, I can see the track. And then you kind of shut down the conversation because obviously we want to be modeling for them um, conversation and extending out their, their listening skills and obviously their conversation skills. Something really fun that you can do at home is to have telephone role play. 
Um, so if you've got an old cell phone that you don't use anymore, or maybe you've got a play phone that your child can use, then you can actually model um, taking turns with having a conversation um, where they have to listen to what you say. And then it's their turn to talk while you're listening to what um, you're saying, vice versa. So, you know, a walkie-talkie is really good for that because only one person can talk at a time. What I find a lot in modern conversation, and I am so guilty of this, I don't know about you, but it's I'm really guilty for having conversations and then I'll not listen to what the person's saying, but I'll just kind of talk over them and interrupt what it is that they're saying. So I find with telephone role play, it's something really easy that you can have in the play area with your child, that you can sit down with them and take turns with actually listening to what the person said and vice versa. Audiobooks are another good one. So reading stories is obviously great because they're listening to you, but audiobooks is another one because audiobooks doesn't have the visual. Obviously, they have to use their imagination and that's developing their listening comprehension as well. So you could have an audiobook in the afternoon instead of putting on a movie or, you know, some kind of YouTube clip or something like that that they like to watch, put on a, an audiobook. And if you want to, you could get some like brown paper, some plain paper, just put it on the coffee table or um, up on the bench or something like that. Get them to sit down and, you know, get them to do some drawing while they're listening to the story. And that will help to keep them engaged as well. Another one to help with their listening skills is using action rhymes. So it's the good old head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, head, you know, those types of ones where you've actually got them doing action rhymes can really help their listening skills because they have to listen and then they've got to um, do the different things to follow the actions. So if you've got a baby, you can start doing this even when they're just doing that time and they're not... Um, maybe before you do tummy time or after tummy time when they're really happy on their play mat and you could do head, shoulders, knees and toes, but actually um, get, you know, take their hands and do the different actions with them. And then as your toddler gets older, they'll be able to, you know, jump in and do the actions themselves. Now, if you sing it, it's often better because you can kind of move at the pace that they need and then get faster. Um, and if you've got lots of repetition, then they're going to get lots and lots of success with that. And remember, success breeds success. So they're more likely to want to play that game again or sing that rhyme with you if they know that they can win it and they can be successful and they end up with a smile on their face. So action rhymes are really, really good. Next one is specific praise. So recognizing opportunities during the day to actually give them feedback about how well they're listening. So instead of saying, oh, good boy, you could say, oh, I love the way that you bring, brought the shoes over when I asked you to. Well done. You know, so you're being really specific at praising them for following the instruction and recognizing the fact that they've done that. And a lot of that comes from actually having time. Now, if I know that I've got a really busy morning ahead of me and I have to get my child to daycare or kindy or Nana's house or wherever we're going because I'm in a rush, I often don't take the time to kind of recognize the fact that they have done the instruction that I've asked them to do and that they've done it in with a great attitude and all of those kinds of things. So I really, really implore you that if you're a really rushing parent, you're going to cause your child to rush as well. And that means that they're going to make mistakes, and not listen properly. So you're better to take your time in the morning and go, right, let's take our time and let's not give this rushing, pressured feeling to our child because we're going to miss those little opportunities to bring calm to their day, to start their day in a calm way. And I find kids who are calm, they listen a lot better. 
kids who are feeling stressed, frazzled, um, they pick up on your vibe of feeling stressed and frazzled, generally turn their ears off and stop listening, don't they? They're not attentive, they're not active with their listening, they just kind of feel like their brain is a bit scattered because they're seeing in their life a whole lot of mess and scatteredness in terms of what they're being modelled to them. So we want to take opportunities to give really specific praise and really take the time to do that. And that means being a little bit more organized so that you're not in such a rush. Lucky last, uh, good ideas to develop your child's listening at home is to help you with jobs. Do you know what I see happening a lot? And I am totally guilty. So I'm putting hand on heart saying this is pointing to me as well. I will often be guilty of trying to get my kids out the way so I can get jobs done. And I definitely think that there's a place for that. So I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. There's definitely opportunities for us just to have a 20 minute power tidy or a power clean without the kids around and man, stuff gets done. Yeah. You know, you can set the timer for 20 minutes and go zoom and just get heaps and heaps of stuff done and without the constant interruptions. So there is a, definitely a place for that. But there is also a place for taking the time to have opportunities to be alongside your child and getting them to help you to do jobs and you helping them where you can actually have conversation and you can develop their listening skills during that time as well. So instead of just pointing from afar, you know, you're standing at the breakfast bar, they're in the lounge and you're pointing at them saying, tidy up all those toys off the floor. Then they ignore you and they keep playing um, and you, you go off and you do something else because you get distracted, you come back and there's even more mess in the lounge than when you started and you start ramping up. I told you five minutes ago, put the toys away. Come on, hurry up. And what you're doing is bringing your chaos to their calm, right? And you're trying to rack them up by making them to do this stuff. But if you're always elevating your voice and shouting at them constantly, then they end up getting into this mode where they won't follow your instructions unless you're shouting. And I have 100%, I know that I've taught kids in the past um, who don't respond unless a teacher shouts at them because they just ignore everything else because that's their mode of knowing that they need to listen is when the adults in their life get angry. Now, what might be an alternative to getting the child to clean up their toys in the lounge might be something like this. You come into their space and you might sing to them to get them to look at you, or you might come down into their physical space. So instead of um, shouting at them across the room in instruction, you come down into their physical space and you say, I'm going to help you to tidy up in a couple of minutes. I'm just going to go put two things out on the washing line, or I'm just going to go and put these magazines back in the box, or, you know, whatever you're going to do. Um, And when I come back, we're going to put all the toys together, and we're going to put them in the boxes so they're in the right place. See the difference? Instead of me standing and lording over the child, shouting across the room, I'm coming into their physical space and, and giving them a time frame. I'm just letting you know we're going to be packing up soon. Now, that really, really helps because they are preparing themselves for the fact that actually they know that you mean business and that you're going to, instead of shouting at them that they should be doing instructions, that you're actually coming into their space and quietly saying, just letting you know it's going to happen. Then you follow through, go put the magazines away or whatever, come and sit down with them. And you get them to start putting the toys in the box. You could make it a race. You could say, I'm going to see if I can find 10 toys to put in the box, you know, if they're a little bit older. If they're a little bit younger, then obviously bring the box over to where they are and get them to start putting their toys into the box. And here I am 
working alongside them and having conversations. Oh, yeah, you put the green one in. I'm going to find the blue one to put in. Oh, look. You know, so instead of, and I know it's going to take a little bit longer. I 100% know it's going to take a little bit longer. And you can't do it with absolutely everything that you're going to do. But if as a general rule, there is less shouting in your house and there is more working together, then that's going to create the family culture that you crave. That's going to set a platform that says in our family, we're calm and we work together as a team. And that starts when they're really little. That starts when they're just crawling or just sitting or learning to walk. They can be starting to take responsibility for some of the stuff around the house. So that might look like, you know, putting toys away in the box and not just waiting until they go to daycare and making your house absolutely immaculate. And then when they come back, they've got this immaculate house, but they haven't had any help in actually contributing to that. So start from when they're really young to develop their listening skills, because it's not like one day they're just going to wake up and have amazing listening skills. It's actually about practice. And it's about you being intentional about saying today, how can I take that opportunity while we're in the car? Or how can I set up some kind of play activity so that we can practice our listening skills with walkie talkies or the pretend cell phone? You know, how can I put on an audio book this afternoon and, you know, get my child to just calm this afternoon after they've been out for a really busy morning out with friends. We can have an audio book, even if it's just for 10 minutes. So they get into that listening centered calmness. I hope that you found this really helpful. If you have, head on over to lulu.co.nz and make sure that you share the link to this podcast with your friends who have really busy toddlers who need to develop their listening skills as well. Thanks for joining me. Was it just me or did that podcast fly by? Thank you so much for joining me. I've put all the links to what we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. And I've saved all our previous episodes of Parenting Chats with Laura on our website, lulu.co.nz. While you're there, sign up to get an alert for when our next podcast goes live so you don't miss a thing. Remember, you're a great parent and we're all in this together. Have a great day.